The invention of the modern day elevator will be the end of human civilization as we know it. When the zombie apocalypse happens, and it will happen, we are all doomed. Elevators act on a simple press of a button to open the doors. Pressing a button is nothing. Any zombie can figure that out. You've played Dead Rising. The second you open that elevator, it is absolutely filled to the brim with the walking dead. No one in high-rising structures are safe. Not one. But while we have them, they seem to be a convenient way to hold short, precise conversations known as the elevator pitch. The term originated in Hollywood. A screenwriter would catch an unsuspecting executive on an elevator ride. There, with his prey trapped within the confines of an elevator, the screenwriter would pitch an idea to the decision maker, either in 30, 60, or even 118 seconds depending on how long the ride would last. Elevator pitches are important. You never know when you'll be in those small confines of an elevator with someone who may have the power to point your future in the right direction. Being caught off guard when the opportunity arises, regardless of how great your game's idea is, could leave you in the dust. Observe. Oh. Hello, Mr. Big Game Publisher. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm Eric M. Hunter from The Time for Indie Games is Now. Mm -hmm. Hey, while I have you, I have an idea for a game I think your company would profit from. Sorry, Derek. It's Eric. Whatever, I have lunch to get to. I'm sorry. Call my secretary and set up an appointment. Sir, he is your lunch meeting. Oh, well, I wasn't planning on eating today. All right, Jerry. It's Eric. Pitch me your idea before the elevator stops. Here's your chance. The clock is racing, you're sweating, heart is beating, the pressure of being on the spot is heavy. What do you got? Okay, so it's like match cars with like boosters and stuff. And then there's like this ball and like these ball catcher things. No, nets, they're called nets. Uh, the, they're, um, they're, they're, they're on, the, the nets are on uh, opposite sides of the, uh, um, of the, uh, um, um, the field. Uh, yeah, the field, and, um... Sorry, kid, your time's up. Kid? I'm 30. Elevator pitches are tough. Taking something that you've created over the past months, maybe even years, sometimes can be difficult to throw into just a few sentences. Part of you feels like it's doing an injustice of your passion project by dumbing it down to so few words. Your game is an extension of yourself and a grand opus to anyone who plays it. It's life-changing. It's emotion-stirring. It's thought-provoking. Far too complex for just mere words. You have to experience the creation, and even then, you may not understand it. I'm not trying to be cynical. I have definitely had feelings like this too. 
But by the end of the day, if you're not selling your game and putting it in people's hands, then no one's going to get to experience it. We are hit with so much advertising nowadays that we don't even realize it. And if somebody is remotely interested in what you have to say, then you have a minute or two just to get them to say, tell me more. One of my favorite examples comes from an article entitled How to Make Your Pitch Resonate by Peter Angsted. He describes the differences between a mechanical and narrative pitch. The first being extremely vague, no emotion and flat. The last is enriched, inviting, and filled with storytelling. Here's an example of a mechanical pitch for Assassin's Creed. An open world game where you climb over any surface to hunt and kill targets. Yawn. Not only that, you basically just described more than 40 different games. Here's the narrative pitch. You're an assassin in ancient times hunting down corrupt rulers. You can climb over and into the whole city to make the kill. Alright, now we're getting somewhere. It's intriguing, it's full, it makes me want to know more. I'm still on the fence about playing it, but you have my interest. Another he gives is for the game Portal. You create portals to move instantly between two places, allowing you to traverse space in a way you've never seen before in order to solve spatial puzzles. That's Portal, alright. I would have definitely said something similar to a friend when describing the game. But here's the narrative pitch. You must escape a test facility run by a sadistic AI by using an advanced gun that can shoot portals, allowing you to traverse 3D space in a way that you've never seen before. Holy sh! Now that is a game I want to play. The elevator pitch is about emotion. That at its center is really all it is. You want to create an emotional attachment to something you've never seen before to invoke the possibility of exploration. The elevator pitch is also important for your fans. If your core is trying to push the word out about your game, having that elevator pitch at the ready for them builds confidence and assurance in your game. Let's watch. Hey, best friend! Oh, hey, Eric M. Hunter, popular from such raving podcasts as the time for indie games is now. Oh, you. Tell me, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I don't know. Lots of stuff, but I've been getting into esports a lot and was hoping to find something that would really grab me. Well, best friend, do I have a game for you? Really? Tell me about it. So let's try the mechanical pitch on our best friend here. Okay, imagine yourself in a matchbox car racing around on a soccer field, knocking a ball around. Okay, what else you got? Ah, it just doesn't work. It's too impersonal. Remember, this is your friend. You wouldn't be this cold to your friend, would you? I love this guy. Know him since the first grade. Would do anything for him. The least I can do is give him something he'd enjoy. Let's try this. Tell me about it. 
Imagine yourself in a fast-paced, rocket-propelled race car. On teams of two or more, you'll race the clock and your opponents doing wicked aerial assaults, whipping back and forth to reach the highest goal. Boom! Mind blown. The elevator pitch has more power than you'd expect. It's also great for those tweets and steam blurbs, because you only have so many characters to use. So what do you think of that, best friend? Sounds great. What's it called? Um, supersonic, acrobatic, rocket-powered battle cars. Huh. Yeah, can I change my answer? What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. True. But if the rose was named something like, but smell, stay away, you'd probably think twice before putting your nose in it. That is hesitation. In a world of endless indie games to play, hesitation could be the final closed door to somebody playing your game. A name is as important as the cover of a book. The old phrase says, don't judge a book by its cover. But that's exactly what we do. We as a society have been trained to do this. We judge things before we have ever experienced them. We make assumptions based on little to no actual facts. It's now hardwired into our brains as human beings to do this. The title of your game will raise questions if it comes off as odd or hard to pronounce. This can be the first hangup when it comes to marketing your game. You want to stand out from the crowd, but you don't want it to be something that people struggle with. You can be as open and honest and even lend to what the game really is, like the platformer Limbo. Or you can be mysterious and hidden, much like the top-down action RPG Bastion. It's a word that we've never seen or heard before, but it invokes a feeling of wonder. What, or maybe who, is Bastion? You also have to think about how it would sound in a conversation. It's a lot easier to say, hey, have you played Hammerwatch? Than, hey, have you played Valdis Story, Abysmal City? It just doesn't roll off the tongue. On the opposite side of this problem, you may also have to deal with already established properties, much like in the case of the angry video game nerd adventures. It doesn't sit right in your mouth, but since it's based on a popular YouTube personality, have to put his name in it to make that connection, but I'm sure there's a better way to do it. You want to make yourself stick out from the pack. There are tons of examples as to what not to do all around you. Do me a favor. Go on your phone. Go to the App Store and search for the word war. Go ahead. I'll wait. Good? Let's do a quick rundown of what we're looking at. Ready? Warship craft, a little war, infectious bio war, forces of war, walking war robots, game of war, fire age, world war Z, stick wars, modern wars, Spartan wars, rival dragons, war of dragons, summoners of war, war of nations, war of empires. God, my head hurts. Hopefully, this gets the point across. So we have our pitch. We have our game's title. Let's see what that big old publisher has to say now. 
Pitch me your idea before the elevator stops. Okay, you're ready. Take all of the tools you've learned and blow this overpaid windbag away. And a deep breath in. Imagine yourself in a fast-paced, rocket-propelled race car. On teams of two or more, you'll race the clock and your opponents, doing wicked aerial assaults, whipping back and forth to reach the highest goal. Very interesting. And what do you call this game? Rocket League. I like the cut of your jib, son. Tell you what, meet me tomorrow with a demo and we'll see what we can do. Radical. The elevator pitch is sales marketing at its core. Something that doesn't come as easily to some as it does to others, and that's okay. The important part to remember is making it as easy as possible to encourage conversation about your indie game. You don't want to create roadblocks for yourself with something as simple as a proper title. The pitch works both in a business setting and a personal setting. It's a powerful piece of advertising that goes a long way in networking potential buyers and supporters and gives you a clear-cut idea of what you're creating. You want to be as descriptive as possible, but not give away the farm. Lure them in and then leave them wanting more because your game is worth talking about. I am Eric M. Hunter, and this has been The Time for Indie Games Is Now. For all the links to articles and games that I've discussed in this episode, check out my website, ericmhunter.net. And if you like what you've heard, please subscribe. And last but not least, I want to give a big thank you to one of my best friends, Nick Prince, for helping me with this episode. 